following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, January 13th, 2021, season 16, episode number 93. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break, presented by GEICO. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We've got uh, some time here to talk to you guys about Cowboys football. We're going to talk a little bit about a couple hires the Cowboys have made here over the last week. Uh, Some rumored hires that might be happening here soon. Uh, We're going to go around the NFL in our final segment and hopefully uh, give some picks, or definitely give some picks for the upcoming games this week in the divisional round of NFL playoffs and maybe, just maybe, we will get to some questions from you guys. Amber has some ready uh, in case we get there in the final segment. Uh, how's everybody doing today? Good, Derek. Great, Derek. Amber? Muy bien. Awesome. Everybody's good. <laughs> Let's jump in. Let's talk about... What? Nothing. Okay. Let's talk about Mike Nolan. Uh, this last week we find out Mike Nolan has been relieved of his duties. Jim Tom Sula, the defensive line coach, also relieved of his duties. And then the Cowboys go and make a hire. They hire Dan Quinn. Um, he was the leader, uh, the defensive coordinator of the top defense in the league in 2013. And in 2014 with the Seattle Seahawks, he won Super Bowl um, while he was there in Seattle. And then he went on to be the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, took that team to the Super Bowl. That was the infamous meltdown of the 28-3 lead that they gave up. What were your initial reactions to the hiring of Dan Quinn and the firing of Mike Nolan? Nick, let's start with you. Gotta, you got to make a change, obviously. Uh, we, we hinted at it. We don't like seeing guys you know, lose jobs or whatever, but you, that can't be okay. And um, there's a lot of reasons for it. It wasn't all his fault. I'm sure he's still a good football coach, but you got to make a change. And so they did, and they got a guy that, that has is a proven defensive coordinator. Um, not that Nolan wasn't, but you know he's had more success, and I think that you know it'll it'll be a, it'll be a good change. My thought is is I just hope that he'll have a chance to get on the field and actually get to coach, mm-hmm. uh, because that is that's what hurt Mike Nolan. That's what hurt Jim Tomsula. It hurt all those guys, and I hopefully he'll get a chance to do that with his staff. Amber. You know I I know it's part of my job and all that to. <laughs> comment on things like this but at the same time i'm just in a, in a weird space right now where i haven't really been able to really hit the reset the reset button and have like a clear mindset and a clean slate right now i'm just like okay because of what happened last year and we talked so much about all oh, this new coaching staff having so much experience and all that and then quinn he has a great resume i mean you look at the things he's done and it's great and you, yeah, there is excitement that goes along with that. But at the same time, right now, I'm just in that kind of mentality that, man, I've been there, I've gotten that excitement, but now I just need to see it happening. I need to see it happening on the field. I need it, uh, you know, not just getting excited about the coach itself and then the experience they bring, all that. I just, I'm, I'm lacking the whole translation onto the players and the whole translation onto the field because I feel it just hasn't happened yet with the Cowboys. So, yes, good hire, great background, great resume, but 
it, it's gonna take some time for me myself to be convinced until I actually see it happening on the field. Dave, nothing wrong with that. Which actually, Ag, I think uh, I think your reservations are exactly why Dan Quinn is the defensive coordinator here because. Jerry Jones will paint you a roadmap. If you're willing to dig through Jerry speak, he'll he'll tell you what he wants. And he spent the last month on the radio, you know, when he would do media interviews talking about, you know, they they underestimated how hard it would be to change schemes during a pandemic. They underestimated, you know, the lack of practice time, yada, yada, yada. And uh, I can picture with perfect clarity these behind closed doors meetings where Jerry Jones was like, we're not doing this again. I don't, I don't want to go through th- this type of transition. I don't want to hear the excuses when it doesn't work. So what did they do? They went and got a guy who runs the scheme that they've been running for the last three years. Uh, I mean, this, this is Chris Richard's scheme. This is the, it's the Seattle scheme that got so famous in the first half of this decade. Uh, I mean, obviously it's not going to be exactly the same. Dan Quinn's a different coach, but this is a system that every guy that's been here for more than a couple years should know how to run, whether that's the linebackers, whether that's the pass rushers. Like Everybody here should have a basic level of familiarity with what they're being asked to do. And I don't think that's a coincidence because obviously you know, we all have the highest hope for 2021 and what might be to come, but nobody knows what the offseason is going to look like. Nobody knows how much time they're going to be able to be together. And so with all of that working against them, I think they wanted a guy who could realistically install the defense during a pandemic, basically. And that's, I mean, on top of being an accomplished coach, I think Dan Quinn gives them that. Yeah, I think, Dave, that's a great point because in in his previous stops, the one thing he's always been said to do with his defenses is focus on making the the scheme simpler, allowing players to play fast. Knowing what we know about this team and the challenges of COVID that may not be complete by the time uh, they get to the offseason training how much of a difference does do you think that makes for this defense having that kind of defensive coordinator Nick um you know I, I think uh, this year you know that the, here's one of the things that I think you know Jerry beats himself up about too much about about trying to make changes during a pandemic I mean I just we it wasn't it was a pandemic but i mean we thought we were going to be back in april we thought we'd be back in may and then may we thought maybe july and then july it would be done and it, it so you you have to move forward and you, and i and i think that nobody realized that it was going to be like this all the way into january and and who knows how long so now now you know now you know what you can do and now you can go back to what these players can do and i think i think that McCarthy has a better idea of what these guys, and I'm talking about the core players that are still here, um, D-Law, uh, you know, Randy Gregory, Sean Lee, if he still if he comes back, of course, Jalen Smith, Light and Vanderish, those kind of guys, what they can do. And I think that now you look at it and say, what do these guys do best, and let's get a scheme that fits them. Before, it was just like, let's just run a, a multiple scheme and all that, but that didn't work. These yeah. players didn't adapt well to that. Amber. Well, you know, I mean, like we've said, we have to wait and see what happens this year with COVID and the offseason and all of that. But I just, I have my fingers crossed and I just hope this is not another year where now we're like, okay, the coaching change was good, but now the talent still sucks and the players, we need better talent. So I just, I'm like, please, let's not have that conversation. I hope that they make the right moves, they get the right kind of guys in here, but then there's the whole other aspect of like, okay, 
have these new guys had enough time to practice with the veteran guys and like just building the, the team, the defensive team together, piecing it all together. So that's another aspect that you also have to look at. Veteran guys, whether that's um, free agency, through free agency hiring, or through the draft, okay, how are they gonna come in here and fit together? And how's that gonna look once you start putting all these pieces together? So again, I'm just hoping this is not a year where, okay, now it's not a coaching issue, now it's, okay, we need another year to address the talent and have it work together. Dave. Dan Quinn was going to be the hire. I've said this a few times, and I want to. I want to make sure I'm saying it the right way because I've I've called it. Al- it's almost like a knee jerk reaction, and typically people associate that in a bad way. But I, I don't mean it in a bad way, and it kind of goes back to my point: is like, obviously it was disastrous what they tried to do. It didn't work, and so th- I. F- it almost feels like they're overcorrecting, going back to what they know. But again. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Sure, it would be great to implement a new scheme and be multiple and be complex, but it's hard to do during a pandemic. It did not work for whatever reason. And again, like we could be dealing with this for another year. I really hope we aren't, but that's just the reality of the situation. They might have to do another virtual offseason in 2021. And so, and you know, you know, does Mike McCarthy can he afford to be like, well, eventually we'll have a normal off season and I can do what I want. By the time that happens, he could have had two or three losing seasons trying to implement this complex defense, and then he's out of a job. So, regardless of what's going on with the pandemic, you got to do something that yields results, and you got to do it quickly after what we watched this year. So, I do not blame them for doing this um, because we've seen that it can work. I mean, they were, they were top 10 in 2018 and they were decent last year. And we've always said like, you only need to be def- decent with the offense that this team has. And I think this gives them the best chance to be decent quickly. Uh, whereas if you're trying to overhaul it again for the second time in two years, who knows what you're going to get. You know, I thought our mailback question today was, was interesting, and it's kind of a difference of people that view things half, gla- you know, glass in, uh, half full or half empty. And it's, the question is, do you think that Dan, hiring Dan Quinn is an indication that the front office believes it has the right players on defense it just needs the right scheme? And I actually said I d- disagree on that. I, I do too. I think it's the other way. I think it's they don't feel like they have the right players. They just need a coach and a scheme that'll help coach them up. And I don't know how you guys feel about that, but yeah. it, there's two different ways to look at it. But no, I don't think the players are here at all. I think that's exactly right. And the reason why I do is because if you guys remember, like the reason why they went to the defensive staff that they brought in last year, and what we heard, I remember Cheeto saying this in a press conference: "We're not going to be as as vanilla as we've been. We're going to be. We're going to have." more complex defense we're going to give them different kinds of looks they went from simple to complex this last year and I think in 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 going back to simple I think what it says to me is the problem was not the scheme in the first place the problem is the players so I'm very interested now to see what happens with a lot of these players are they going to really really invest this offseason in in the draft and in free agency possibly uh, to bringing in better players because I, I think this is just, just an admission that the direction they went was was a direction that was that ultimately showed them the exact same thing. Your players aren't good enough. Which that reminds me, you know, I don't want to paraphrase too much, but 
Chris Richard was on a podcast during the season. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. Like, you can make any scheme complex. You know what I mean? Like, this scheme can be complex. And I think the in, the intimation from listening to that podcast was, you know, did they trust the talent that they had to be complex within that scheme? I don't know. And, yeah, I mean, no, the, the talent's not here. And the, I mean, if, if the talent was here, that scheme – won or got the Seahawks to two Super Bowls and almost won them both. I mean, it's always going to be about talent. And I think, again, this scheme gives them a chance to be respectable with the talent that's here. But, yeah, I mean, they got to they gotta keep adding to it. They absolutely do. Yep. All right, we're going to take and I our... Think that this go ahead, is another, I was just going to say that this... The fact, like, to me, how I see things uh, with player, like, if it's me trying to follow someone's voice as far as a leader, and it comes down to the defensive coordinator, with the way that the last season went down and seeing how he wasn't able to lead them to success earlier on in the season, you start losing that kind of respect, right? As far, you know, who, who, you li- who that voice is, you lose respect. And I feel like this year... Maybe there is a different kind. There will be a different kind of pressure because now you change that voice. You bring someone in that has very proven success in the past, and then now it's. I think it just shines more light on these players and more accountability. Now you don't have the excuse of like, oh, it's just too complicated or whatever. Now it's really on you and what you can do as a player. Uh, let's do this. I want to. I have a, a question for you guys. That that I'm gonna. There are four different characteristics or four different things about Dan Quinn um, that I think stand out, and I'm gonna give you all four, and then I want each of you guys to rank for me one through four, which one you think matters the most, all the way from what matters the most to what matters the least. All right, here are the four. First. He specialized as a defensive line coach. We know all the issues they've had on the defensive line. So him specializing as a defensive line coach, how much does that matter? Uh, two, he coordinated one of the greatest defenses of all time in the 2003 Seahawks. Uh, three, he worked with both 3-4 and 4-3 schemes, so he can do either one. And four, he's been to three Super Bowls with two teams. Uh, he was the defensive coordinator of Seattle, obviously head coach in Atlanta. Let's start first with you, Amber. How would you uh, rank those four things as far as most important, matters most, down to matters least? I think to me what matters most is his uh, ability and flexibility in changing schemes and just having that experience with both of them. Obviously, that's something that we saw the Cowboys struggle with. So I think that's really going to be beneficial to him and the team in what deciding what direction to go with. Uh, second, I think uh, you said one of, one of the top defenses and then the Super Bowl, right? Yep. And then defensive line say, coach. Yep. I would say leading uh, a defense that, was, that had a really, really good reputation. Because to me, again, I want to listen to a voice that has validity, mm-hmm. that has recognition that has the experience and because that makes me want to listen to you so i think that really matters to me and then third i would say um the defensive line uh, coaching experience there uh that's something that we saw the cowboys struggle with as well this past year so i think that's going to be beneficial too and then last uh probably the super bowl i mean yes that's important too but i think that like building the basics 
and having that voice and all of that is just more important than just saying, oh, we made it to the Super Bowl because so many different things can happen for you to get to the Super Bowl. Got it. Dave. With all due respect to Dan Quinn, I don't care at all at this point that he coached the Seahawks defense. First of all, it was a decade ago. And second of all, you know, that defense is probably going to send four guys to the Hall of Fame, or at least they're going to have cases to be Hall of Famers. So congrats. I mean, Chris Richard got all of that credit when he got here, too. Um, for me, the big thing is probably the defensive line expertise. Um, you know, if that's if that's what he excels at, I mean, the most expensive and best player on your defense is Demarcus Lawrence. So, anything to help him, I don't want to say recapture his game because I, you know, I think he's a lot better than most fans want to give him credit for, and media for that matter, not just fans. Um, but even still, I mean, if you could get him back to being a 12, 13, 14 sack kind of guy, that would be great. And then I'm interested to see. You know, what he does with the other pieces he has, you know, he's kind of famous for having that Leo position, which is like it's like a linebacker designated pass rusher hybrid role. That's something Randy Gregory could do. I've said a couple times, I think maybe it's something Jalen Smith could do. You know, maybe maybe hiring Dan Quinn is a way that you can try to reclaim Jalen Smith's career. So that's the big thing for me. Um and then probably, you know, just the fact that he's been to Super Bowls does matter to me, though, just because I think people will will listen to and follow a guy that's, you know, achieved that level of success in the NFL. Because Lord knows there aren't very many guys on this team, if any. Are there any guys on this team that have been that deep in the playoffs ever? Yeah. I guess Alden Smith. And yeah. we don't know if we don't know if he's going to be back. So, yeah, having oh, well, and I mean Mike McCarthy obviously, yeah. but having guys in the building who know what what it takes to get there, I think is important. Hey Dave, I got a question for you. And I, I honestly don't know the answer to this, so you you may not know either, but you mentioned those guys from Seattle that are that you would say are heading to the Hall of Fame that are part of that defense. If my memory serves correct, a number of those guys and I, I Richard Sherman jumps to mind, uh, Michael Bennett jumps to mind. They were not highly touted players when they got there. Like they sure. weren't first round picks. These were not guys that you brought them like you thought, "Hey, they're great." Like somebody had to help coach them up to get them to that point. Is that a it was that a kind of a cross board? Obviously, I know Earl because he came from Texas. He was a high draft pick. But the other guys, I don't think they were, no. were they? Oh. Why don't you let me just do my point? Wagner. <laughs> Did I just kill your point? Yeah. I'm so why, sorry. Why do you he was over there. My he turn. Was, okay, go ahead, Dick. Sorry. N- number one, and it's Nick, by the way, but number one um, is, uh, I think for me, it's Seattle. Yeah. It's 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 getting, it's creating Seattle, uh, making Seattle a great defense. That would be the number one thing for me. I know Dave said it was last. It'd be number one for me. D-line coach would be number two. And then um, going to three Super Bowls, and then the four three three four scheme. I just dismissed that because this team doesn't need it. This <laughs> team doesn't. Four, three. Don't confuse them. Yeah. No, just just whatever it is. I mean, <laughs> it's, it, it's cool that you can do both, but why don't you just pick one out it's of the bag? It's a cute little trick. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. And we'll get to this a little bit later on, but I mean, you know, and the players have to be able to to be accountable too. Yeah. You know, but but I I think, and that is my point that you were making about the Seattle defense. Those great players, Camp Chancellor was a fifth-round pick. Mm-hmm. Um, and Earl Thomas was a first-round yep. pick, and there's no doubt. He, he was great. Richard Sherman was a fourth-round pick. Um, Byron Maxwell, sixth round, and then some of these other guys. Now, uh, it was Bobby Wagner was on that team, right? Yes. And he was, and he was Bobby awesome. Wagner was a second-round pick. Second second round round pick. So he, he was a second-round pick. He, he, he was, I don't know what round he was drafted yeah. in. I mean, the MVP 
who came here, Malcolm Smith. I mean, he was yeah. he was not you know a, right. A high, so Michael Bennett was yeah. one of their best pass rushers. So right? I I say that because that they they developed a scheme around players that weren't you know highly talented and all that, and they have some of those guys here, but they're going to have to do that as well. They're going to have to get second, third, fourth round picks, not just from this draft, but but early other guys some some cast off some free agents and mold them together and so i think that's really important that yeah. he was able to do that all right we're going to take our first break go ahead dave do you have something i just i'm the reason and obviously when you, you when you find hall of famers i mean you get credit for that but i just i lean more toward thinking that's almost lightning in a bottle. I mean, he hasn't been able to recre- recreate that in Atlanta when he was running a team. I mean, you know, they've spent a ton of draft picks on defensive players. I'm planning on writing about that this week. And they've had some success, but when you put together a defense like that, it's it's like Tampa Bay in the early 2000s. Like, are you coaching geniuses because you had all this talent, or did you just find a way to accrue an astonishing amount of talent? Because Dan Quinn was in Atlanta for five years, and doesn't look like anybody on any of those defenses going to the Hall of Fame. That's that's all I mean by that is I just don't know if you can hang your hat on that as something that you can do reliably. But you know, I would I would question that a little bit as well because that year when they went to the Super Bowl, that defense was pretty good. They had a lot of guys for that defense if you go back and look that got hurt the following year. I think their linebacker, their safety, which were two of their better defensive players, both got hurt that following year and that's one of the reasons why I think their defense took a nosedive. Uh, but they were they had a pretty good defense that first year. Now, of course, the the retort to that is they gave up a twenty eight to three lead, and, and so but that happens. Uh, trust me, I'm I was an Oilers fan. I know it happens. Like this <laughs> happens. But but again, my point is, I think he started to kind of rebuild that in Atlanta, yeah. and I think he got them to a point where they were good enough to go to a Super Bowl. I think he's got to get some credit and for that. Good right? enough to get a twenty eight to three lead. I mean. True. I mean, you know, I mean, it wasn't like it wasn't like it was just nobody that yeah. came back. I mean, he expected them to come back. They, they should have won that game. We know that, but you know, um, they're, they're they're pretty good. And I'm not. One thing we know about Dan Quinn and those Falcons defense is that you better not put a bad left tackle out there. Because if you put a bad left tackle out there, you can make a really good player into like all world. He's still playing, by the way. I saw he him is. the other day. I did making too. Plays. I was like, is that the same dude? <laughs> yeah. yeah. What were you gonna say, Dave? I just I'm not trying to I'm not trying to hate on Dan Quinn. My only point is that defenses like Seattle in the early part of this decade or the you know the oh the early 2000 Buccaneers that those type of defenses come around once a generation. Absolutely. And I just I don't like the idea of being like, "Oh, he coached all these Hall of Famers. That means he's going to find a bunch of Hall of Famers here." Like that's not realistic. It doesn't mean he's not a good coach. It's just how well, but 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 develop the Hall of Famers. So yeah. that's what I that's what I like about. It. And you're right. He, they t- he tried the same thing in Atlanta, and other teams have tried to copy them. They try to copy the Ravens, the '85 Bears, teams like that. You, you it, try yeah. to copy it, and yeah. it doesn't always work. And I get it. But the the fact is, is that it wasn't a Panthers team from a few years ago, or a Browns team right now, where they've been so awful that they just get all these picks, and finally, you know, I mean, the Browns. Finally, are in the play. Well, they should be. They got a lot of players that they finally have all these guys, and that's what's good about Seattle is that they developed that. You can even say that same with their quarterback. They developed that. That whole team was developed. Yep. 
I think the key question will be, can he develop the talent here? Can he develop guys that are currently on this roster and guys that they're going to be drafting and that they may be bringing in in free agency? Can he develop them to be the players that they need them to be? That will be the question I will ask you guys as soon as we come back from our first break. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizol for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to the break. Stay in the know on all the Dallas Cowboys AT&T Stadium and the Stars. Sign up to receive emails for exclusive event pre-sales, the latest gear from the Pro Shop, special offers from our partners, and so much more. Sign up now at DallasCowboys.com slash subscribe. Welcome back to the second segment of The Break Life from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We are presented by GEICO. Uh, let's talk some more about some of the players that will and how this this move may affect them um, obviously Dan Quinn's been hired as a defensive coordinator there are a number of players on this defense um, that that have not had their best uh, seasons this last season Jalen Smith being one Leighton Van Der Esch maybe being another um, what players can you identify that maybe your opinions of what their future looks like with this team may have changed based upon this hire let's start with you Dave I don't know this for sure. I haven't talked to Dan Quinn. If I had to guess, we won't be allowed to talk to Dan Quinn for several weeks. But <laughs> the minute his hire was announced, I started thinking about Jalen Smith, me personally. Because I think we talked about it when the season ended is, you know, if you're changing the D coordinator, that should be your number one priority is like figuring out, can we fix this guy? Can we make it work with him? And again, I don't know. I don't know if Dan Quinn said that, but between going back to a simplified scheme where we've seen Jalen Smith succeed and, again, 
some of the different things that Dan Quinn does, like a, a Leo role or, or you know, playing more Sam linebacker, doing stuff where you can rush the passer, mm-hmm. drop in coverage, but not too, too often. Uh, things like that make me wonder if Jalen Smith has more of a future here than I thought. Because if you if you asked me Monday after the Giants game, I would be like, I really don't think Jalen Smith is here in 2021. I really don't. And I still think that's a conversation they need to have. But Dan Quinn being here makes me think maybe that's not the case. Maybe, you know, between the scheme and asking him to do some different things, maybe they think that they can salvage that situation. Nick? Um, Jalen Smith is is the answer for me as well. But um, other players, you know, the way you asked it was, was just, do I have a different opinion of things after Dan Quinn was hired? Um you know, I, I I just don't know about the de- those those cornerbacks. You know, I, I you're not going to lose them all. You know, you, I don't or say and then and the safety as well. Um, I I wonder if if they're going to try to re-sign Jordan Lewis or Cheeto. I mean, one of those two. I think you have to. I, I would I would lean on on Jordan Lewis a little bit more. You think he's the better of them? No, I think I think no, I don't. I think he's the better one, but I think he plays a position that some can be kind of harder to find the guy that can play the slot and all that. Um, I think you have to let Xavier Woods go. Um, I don't think he's a re-signed guy either. I just I don't I don't think that works, and I don't think he's he's been a good player. But but I think when I think about that, it's Jalen Smith. But I also really wonder how much turnover there's going to be in the secondary. I don't think you can let all those guys test. I mean, they're, they're all going to test, but I think you got to bring some of them back. Yep. Amber. I just I still – I'm in that kind of mentality where I need to see it to believe it. And honestly, there, nothing has changed my opinion. This hire has not changed my opinion as far as talent uh, and players. I mean – you guys mentioned Jalen Smith, but I, I, I mean, let Jalen go do that somewhere else. I don't know. <laughs> I, I just cannot get past that and Dave's reasoning behind it because you look at a lot of the plays that happen. And yes, this is kind of like a domino effect. You know, you, what you do is affected by so many different elements and what's surrounding you around you. But at the same time, there were so many plays where that was on him as a solo solo player all on him didn't have to do necessarily with like scheme or anything of that it's just football basics and still wasn't good so i don't know if you can change that also i don't know if you can change someone's mentality and Mm. i have a huge problem with that as well so i'm sorry that does not his hiring does not change uh what i think of players right now let's focus in okay i just want to oh I, I want to specify, I agree with everything you just said, A.G. The thing is, Jalen Smith is a $68 million investment by this organization. I know. And he first of all... On the bench. Watch on the bench no. for a little bit. I don't know. It's expensive people, bench. People who sign... <laughs> you see, ugh, yeah. People who sign checks that size, one, they don't like to eat gigantic sums of money. And Unless two, Texas football. they don't like to... <laughs> Well, Go, sure. Just keep going. Well, sorry. They, 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 they got they got their own press down there or something. I don't know. But and then number two, they don't like admitting that they're wrong. And so both of those things combined, 
if you hire, and again, I don't know this. It's just me. I'm just spitballing. But you hire Dan Quinn and say, can you fix Jalen? And he says, yeah, I can fix Jalen. And they're like, great. That means we don't have to cut him and eat $9 million and we'll look less stupid when he plays better. And both of those things are what make me think that he might stick around. Okay, so let's do Question. this. Let's, go ahead, Em. Can you trade him? Can you get anything, no. anything no. for Ooh. him? No. Who's going to no. trade, trade you for him? I, I, I don't know that he's <laughs> good enough. And that's not – And that I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm saying anytime you're talking about a trade scenario, and I hear fans do this a lot where they're like, well, trade this guy. My thought is always, okay, so the same reason you're trying to get rid of him is probably what everybody out there that would trade for him is also yeah. looking at what, what is the trademark. Well, it, it's, it's more than that, though. Because they can't just cut him regularly. If you cut him regularly, he's going to be nine million dollars. There's no, there's no June first trade that doesn't work. Right. And that's the thing. You've got to cut him before March tenth or whatever. And because he's got a big seven million dollar bonus coming if he's on the the roster in the fifth day of the league year. So you got to cut him before that, but designate him as a June one cut. So it, it's only counting about a million instead of nine and a half. And that's million. a huge difference. That's a huge yeah. difference. So mm-hmm. the trade and the cut, if he's off the roster, it doesn't matter either way. All that money comes to the front. So they're going to eat a lot of it. So I understand what Dave's saying. He's like, if this guy says he can fix them, that's fine. But he's not the first guy that said he, he could fix them. But let's talk about him like you said. Well, let's, let's, let's zero in a little bit on Jalen specifically. Um, he did have – he had a, a quote at the end of the season. He was asked a question um, specific to whether he thought he would be back at, uh, this season after the season that he's had. And I think our producer, Chris Beam, I think Chris has the, the, the audio. Let's listen to what, what Jalen had to say. Do you feel like you will be back here next year at all? Me? Yeah. I mean, watch the film. Um, but for me, it's a blessing. It's a blessing to be able to play this game. Um, so many people thought I'd never play ever again. Uh, so for me, I'm my worst critic. Um, and I'm my biggest fan. I'm going to keep battling, keep grinding. But the guys that, that, that know football and know our scheme and watch film, um, I don't have to speak on I don't have to, I don't have to speak on myself. It's all love. It's all love. Well, he, I've, I don't know if we heard the very first part. I did not hear I think, it myself. I think the fans heard it. I think the fans, yeah, the fans okay. heard it. When he said watch the tape, yeah. I mean, that, that's, that, that was the, that's his response to the question. Uh, and, and you know, we just watch the tape, and I mean, that's and in, in somewhat of a kind of arrogant way. Of I course. mean, watch the tape. Uh, yeah. Well, so. and I've said this before. Uh, he's wrong on he's his worst critic. He, he's he's wrong. <laughs> there, nobody can be their biggest fan and their worst critic. That doesn't happen. The people that ask the question to begin with are worse critics than him because they're not his biggest fan. So. Um, we might have some of his worst critics right over there in that TV right there, like on the other side of in, on this show here. No, he's not his worst critic, he, and that's his problem. He's, self-awareness is, is not there. Reaction, Amber. <laughs> I, ha- oh, I had, I'm trying to control oh, what I'm going to say. <laughs> okay, first things first. You know, when I initially heard the audio, I was like, 
I absolutely, like, my eyes almost came out of my, my skull, like, with the eye roll that I did. But when I watched the video, made me feel kind of bad because watching him, you get the sense of kind of him being defensive, you know, when you're trying to defend yourself. But a big thing that you have to listen to is his initial reaction. How surprised and how so, like, what? You're asking me <laughs> that, that question? Like, how unaware like and how like in another world that he's living in i don't understand because players have to watch film after each game you have to uh evaluate yourself and i'm assuming coaches evaluate and give an evalu evaluation to players as well so my problem is 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 with that whole thing of self accountability accountability like derek you know if i mess up or whatever I'm not going to sit there and excuse myself. I'm going to say, you know what, you're right, but let me prove to you that I can do better and I'm going to do better and all that. But the fact that after a whole season of us, everyone, watching film, watching him play, watching the Cowboys play, that his response is that, watch the tape, I mean, you're, you're delusional there. And again, some of those plays in that last game against the Giants, the fact that he was cheering and stuff like you know the wrong mo wrong moments uh, that you're only thinking about yourself you that is another step of like you not being aware of what the heck is going on in the game itself which is a huge problem because that's something that's very very important you need to be aware of everything that's freaking happening in a game so uh at this point i get that it, it's a lot of money his contract is a lot of money but man it, it's not worth the headache for me, but again, it's not my money, so I don't know. I'm not the Cowboys to tell them what to do with it, but they made that choice, and this is what we're seeing now. Dave. It's my money, and I need it now. That's what that, that's what that made me think of. Um... I always, you know, I always, I, I say it a lot. You know, I, I know a lot about this game. I take my job really seriously. I'm always trying to learn more. But I've never coached or played at an elite level. So, like, I'm not going to be the guy that flips on the tape and, like, I can diagram the coverage and tell you for sure what everybody's doing. Like, I always try to, to avoid that. Because I think most people who try to do that, with very few exceptions, are faking it, in my opinion. Having said that, I know enough about football that I can turn on the tape and tell you that Jalen Smith, like, why are you telling people to watch the tape? Because it's bad. It's it's not good. Like, I know that. Anybody that's watched it knows that. If you have NFL Game Pass, you can go look at it. That was my reaction when he said that. I was like, does he really want people to do that? Because I don't think it's going to go the way that he thinks it will. Because... I don't have to know the difference between coverages or no all 11 assignments to see Jalen not being able to get off blocks or being late to diagnose the play or just diagnosing the play in the wrong direction, barrel rolling out of the hole that he's supposed to be in for some reason, um, just losing guys in the flat because he's not fast enough to catch them. That happened a few times against the Ravens right off the top of my head. Like These are all easy things that anybody can see watching like you don't have to be an expert in on football to, to see it so i i don't i don't know why he said that is really my my big takeaway from that and you know i i don't know where it goes from here but 
but it just it was obviously not good enough for a variety of reasons and that's not even taking into account the the penalties and the self-awareness and all that type of stuff just from a standpoint of are you a 13 million dollar linebacker like anybody who turns on nfl game pass could tell you no you know dave tell uh Oh, sorry. I was just going to ask Dave to tell the stat. Remember when we were watching the game uh, against the Giants and we were talking about his stats in tackles oh, and yeah. leading the team? And I thought that was a pretty good one. I actually, somebody on Twitter told me this way back earlier in the season. And like, I'm sorry I don't remember your name. So, like, I didn't come up with this, but it blew me away. Um,. I'm pulling up the stat right now. So we were talking about, you know, Jalen led the team in tackles. Jalen finished the season number two in tackles. And that sounds really impressive. But somebody was like, yeah, go go look at how many solo versus how many assisted. And it was 89 solo versus 65 assisted. Whereas a lot of, you know, Zach Cunningham from Houston, 106 tackles, 58 assisted. Roquan Smith, 98 to 41. Devin White, 97 to 43. Like, you want more solo tackles than assists. And I think a lot of people have astutely pointed out Jalen Smith knows how to dive on a tackle after the fact because he knows it's going on. He knows it's going on the stat sheet like he knows and it shows in the stats. It's like an even split between solo and assisted. And I don't think that's a coincidence. So shouts out to the Twitter user who pointed that out to me. I'm sorry I don't remember you, but I thought it was a very astute observation. That is a very, very interesting stat. Nick, Nick where were you about to get um, to? The things that Dan Qu- Quinn's going to bring is aren't things that really matter to, to what Jalen Smith's problems are. You know, it doesn't matter about the scheme, in my opinion. He still goes around blocks instead of through the guy. He he looks to avoid contact at time. He makes too many business decisions, and when 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 he does that, it, it creates a big hole. You know, I don't think he takes contact as much as he's supposed to, uh, and, and I don't think, and you know, and and the things that that, that have been criticized with him about and internally, you know, that that he's not as physical as he should be, is that he doesn't prepare like he should be. Uh, prepared and there's stories about that and he's too stiff you know like those are things that a new scheme's not necessarily going to fix now i'm i don't care if he swipes on a play he didn't make i don't care marcus spears danced on d d where sacks all the time who cares like it's a team thing make a play you're excited that's fine and i've said this a thousand times nobody was on that fiesta bowl field with where he was thinking his career was over because he 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 played in a bowl game which give him credit for that because no one does anymore and and then you know he thinks his career is over he he comes back he gets a big contract he plays in the in the in a pro bowl all that kind of stuff. His perspective is not going to be the same as everyone else's. It's not. So I tried to accept that. That's fine. Um, but you got to prepare. You got to be a better player. You got to. You can't leave your teammates out to dry and stuff like that. And you got to be like they said. You got to be more self-aware. But but the swiping because someone else made a play. Who cares? You're off the field as a team. Who who cares? Well, I think I think his reaction to the question is the part that that yeah. is big for me. And it actually brings up an interesting question. We're going to take a break, but when we come back, I'm going to ask you guys this question. What I think this illuminated to me was one of two things has to be true here. Either the coaches agree with him that he's playing really well, or they're not holding him accountable and telling him that he's not playing really well. One of those two has to be the truth for him to have that kind of response. We're going to take our break. When we come back, I want you guys to answer which one you think is more likely. 
We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizol for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like, where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day, where we are all defined by one single thing, the star, where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to the break. Hold on just a second while I find up a really good one here. How about... AT&T Stadium Tours. You can store AT&T Stadium, the home of the Dallas Cowboys. Run on the field, see the locker rooms, so much more. Tours are available daily. AT&T Stadium.com slash tours. See, I thought you were going to read the one about ordering food because, like, this, I'm actually in the middle of that right now. I was telling you before we went on the air, my high school team's playing at AT AT&T Stadium this Friday. State championship. Go Cougars. And and I'm right in the middle now trying to figure out what food we want to have in the suite. You know, and so I'm trying to like choose my best, my favorites. Got to have the mac and cheese the whole night. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. And we all know you just said that because you wanted to say that your school is in. Yeah, I, which is I fine. I have to find a reason to fine, say go Cougars, hold go on, whatever. Hold yeah. on, let's just we got we got enough time. We can talk about this. So, Crosby you know. High School is pl- is Crosby High School. They're playing in the five uh, A Division Two yeah. Division Two State division. Championship at AT and T Stadium. Yeah. They have never won a state championship in anything as a team. No, never. The only state championship Stop. that has ever been won at Crosby High School is an individual award from Stop. Derek Eagleton Stop. as the debate state championship. Let's so, go. so y'all remember Stop. that? What a beast, Dave Amber. When you're trying oh. to argue a point, <laughs> just remember this no. Crosby state champion debater. That's awesome, by the way. I did not know I he was state champion. I didn't know yes, he ever. Yeah, I didn't know he won state, but I I mean I'd have to be a fool at this point not to know that yeah. Derek lives to argue. <laughs> you remember that you remember the conversation he lost? You remember the one the time that Derek said, You know, that's a great point. You're right, I'm wrong about that. No. Wow, really? Yeah, it was no, a Wednesday. Never. It was no. like two thousand nine. Hey, it, it happened 
it happened just in the break. He yes. said, Amber, you I, were right. I did. Thank absolutely. Thank you very much. Now, about, oh, about, that's a good point, actually. <laughs> she's that's been, because she's been telling me this for a month now, and I'm just realizing that's that That's because right, your so. rundowns are longer than War and Peace. <laughs> and so at the bottom, you say, maybe we'll have fan questions, whatever. But just curiosity, what was the topic that you won on, on the debate? Do you remember? I think that year it was about nuclear weapon prol- proliferation. I think. <laughs> I think that was the topic that year, <laughs> but I, I'm not certain. I think that was Yay. the topic that year. That's yeah. awesome, though, by the way. I did not that was 1991. Yeah, 1991 state champ. Do they, they still do that? Debate? Like state? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They have nationals. They have everything, yeah. Did you go to nationals? I, I went to nationals. I did not compete. I was a, an alternate for nationals. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. Well, so... I'm just blown away. I I love the uh, you know college football season ended on Monday night and we haven't played the state title games for Texas yet. That's crazy. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to put money on it. You're going to have a stadium that will have a ton of people in it for this state championship, yeah. they, uh, as is customary in Texas. Are they going to let you go into the stadium with your trophy? Or are you going to have to put that on the side or go through? No, I don't even middle? know where my trophy is. Oh, okay. probably, my mom probably has it. You might just right be have, walking around seeing Liar. these people you haven't seen forever. I like, am. I'm actually looking forward to seeing all my old classmates. They'll all be here. So this is going to be a big deal for Cross. see if you could recognize we got a small town. just their eyes. I they, will recognize them. Trust that's me. That's cool. All right. I have a, a suite. I don't have Jerry's suite, but I okay. do have a suite. So we'll have some. We'll have a good time. It's going to be good. fun. Good luck right. to the Crosby Cougars. Oh, Cougars. 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 Crosby Cougars. All right. So here's what I want to do. I was going to ask this question right before we went to break. Jalen Smith, um, his reaction, and Amber, you talked about it. You pointed out his reaction in this, that his reaction was one where he was almost just surprised that anybody would ask him this question. And it made me think one of these two statements has to be true. Either his coaches believe that he is playing as well as he believes he's playing, or they have not held him accountable and told him he's not playing that well for him to be that surprised. Which one do you think is more likely? Nick, let's start with you. Uh, the coaches haven't, uh, haven't been up front with him. You don't think they believe that he's playing that well? Mm, I no, I think they believe it because there's a lot of words going around. You hear a lot of whispers and stuff. People are talking about it. Yeah. Just don't think it necessarily goes to him. I bet you, I bet you that he gets it, but I don't, you know. I bet that he gets the criticism, but I don't think it's as strong as it needs to be, and I bet you he kind of dismisses it. And we saw a video of that. We saw a video of that. We've seen some sideline clips yeah, of yeah. that where there's some people yelling and stuff, and I don't know if he's taking it that it's aimed at him. Yeah. Amber. He just seems so far off from reality and just like so blinded by his own self. I don't even know what word I'm looking for, but there is absolutely no way that the coaches see the tape and see these players play and not realize the way that he has played. So I'm, I would lean more towards the fact that maybe they're not, they weren't as vocal as they needed to be with him. I mean, sometimes it's ta- it takes you calling him out in front of everyone. Like it takes a little bit of embarrassment sometimes for you to get someone to finally realize it. Like put the play on on big display here and highlight it because if he's not getting it that that's a problem and and again I think it affects uh, what happens here mentally affects what you do on the field and he he just needed a, a like a slap of reality and someone to really sit him down and say hey man you're not really doing as good as you think you are so here's what we need to work on 
and th these are the things that you need to self-evaluate and, and try to improve on because otherwise it's just hard to get better so I would lean more towards them not being as upfront as they should have but obviously I have no idea what happens behind doors or any of that Dave kind of goes back to the point I was making in the last segment which is you know if I have, if I say something like, if if Mike Nolan wants to call me on something, and be like, you don't even know what coverage we're, we're running. I'll I'll probably back down and be like, you know what, you're right. You've been coaching NFL football for more than I've been alive or close to it. Like, who am I to question your expertise? In this case, I will gladly sit down with anybody that wants to tell me that I don't know what I'm talking about because like I like even my dumbass can sit down <laughs> and look at the tape and I'd be like Mike Nolan you are wrong if you think Jalen Smith played great this year you're wrong I like I'll gladly say that to him or anybody else uh, and so my the only thing I can come up with is that they weren't totally honest with him and I you know I guess that's that's probably human nature you know that doesn't every office place in the world probably have an employee where it's like uh don't i mean toby's toby don't worry about him like yeah it's annoying but like we'll you know we'll we'll work around it and it'll be fine like every office has that person as far as i'm aware and probably football teams too so that's that's kind of where i'm at yeah and, and one of the things to that point dave i think sometimes what happens and we all probably know these people in life that they they hear what they want to hear they hear the positive and they they soak all that in but when you give them critiques and feed and feedback that that may not be positive, they just kind of let that fly just right over their head, and they act like they didn't hear it, and and they don't take in the criticism. Um, maybe that's a defense mechanism. Who knows? But they don't take in the criticism as well, and really kind of let that seep in and figure out, okay, I need to be better in these areas. They only hear what they want to hear, and so his coaches could have been saying it, maybe not strong enough to your point, to Amber's point. Uh, maybe they didn't say it strong enough. But maybe there's a reality that they talked to him about this and they talked to him and showed him where he wasn't playing well enough and he just kind of in his mind thought, oh, yeah, but there's a reason why. Oh, yeah, there's a reason why on that play. Oh, yeah, there's a yeah. reason why on that play. And he never really took it in as I'm not playing well. But but that's that's the problem is that you want the flip side of that. I want the Jason Witten. Hey, Jason, you're a pro. You're an all pro. You're great at this. Mm -hmm. You're great at this and all that. I uh, don't want you to actually wham the nose and try to get hurt and hit the defensive tackle, but you're great at this. And he's like, wait, wait, you don't think I can wham the nose? That, I know that's a story that we've, we've been told a lot, but the, the difference is, is that you said that there are players and people that are like, they hear what they want to hear. He, he hears what he wants to hear. You know, some people can get complimented over and over yeah. and over, but they hear one little thing that might sound negative, and that's all that they that's focus on. That's all they heard, on. yep. So that person's going get, to get better and try to make sure there are zero things like that. That's like exactly. the opposite of him. All right, let's let's flip the conversation a little bit. We are hearing reports at this point uh, that the Cowboys are interested in hiring Joe Witt Jr. Uh, to coach their secondary defensive pass game coordinator. That's he, the report. Are you writing a story on that right now, Dave? Sorry, yeah, my bad. No, I thought he was, I, maybe I thought he might be writing this maybe right now. Is story. he breaking it for us? No. Um, let no. me get your reaction to that. Of it. Now he was with uh, Dan Quinn in Atlanta. Uh, he's also been with Mike McCarthy in his career at Green Bay. What's your reaction to to the Cowboys maybe making a change there in the secondary as well? Well, it's a little. It, it's interesting right now because we have not heard that they have a secondary coach uh, vacant spot available right. there. So I don't know about that, but um, or that he's not under contract, but. I, I'll say this. When he interviewed for the job, 
That's exactly what I thought was going to happen. When you interview for the when DC you job. For the DC job, it's like, okay, well, we'll see. We're going to interview some other guys. Um, but if if this doesn't work out, would you be interested in maybe a secondary coach? I guarantee that was part of it um, that, that went on there. So it doesn't surprise me, and I think it would be a good move. It'd be a step up for what they had because, no offense to the guys they had, but they haven't been coaching NFL cornerbacks and secondary guys like he has. So I think it would be a step up if they go that way. Amber? Definitely a step up. Um, I think that a change there was needed as well. And, again, this is one of those things that I don't really know because I'm not in there, so I don't know the dynamic as far as how much there is to blame on uh, position coaches versus the defensive coordinator. So I don't really know the dynamic there. But clearly the secondary as a whole struggled all throughout the season. I mean, these players were doing things that it was just like, wow, unbelievable. The amount of separation, the coverage, and and a lot of things. that Also, the whole scheme thing and understanding what they're doing is going to help, obviously. But just in general, I think that maybe a change there was needed. The only thing that makes me uh, concerned a little bit, I guess, not really concerned, but just like, eh, is the whole relationship with Mike McCarthy, just because I knew the relationship with Mike Nolan, and then it's like, oh, he had his buddy in here. So I just, I, it makes me wonder, okay, is this another one of his buddies? And it's just like, oh, I know you, let's just work together again type of thing, versus Am I really just looking strictly at your resume, resume and your accomplishment? You know, I hope that makes sense. Yep, what I does. try to say, Dave. Uh, I mean, I I like the fact that he's got a ton of NFL experience. Obviously, he was with McCarthy in Green Bay, and from what I read this morning, it seems like you know people around the Packers have a favorable opinion of him. I'm not gonna pretend like I know the whole book on his career, but. Yeah, um, you know, no disrespect to Mo Linguist, but, you know, he was coming from Texas A&M. This guy's been around the NFL for a, a fairly long time, so I, I, I definitely don't have a problem with it. I don't, I don't know that I'm informed enough to be like, yeah, this is an amazing hire, but I'm certainly not against it. Yeah, I think uh, all, all in all, I think there's, there's a lot of reason why you would, you would want to think that maybe they want to do something different. If you look at the parts of the team that didn't perform up to snuff, secondary is one area where you look at and you say they did have some, some really big issues uh, throughout the season. Um, and I'd be interested to see. I, I know there's a little bit of concern on, on the part of some people that are observing this from the standpoint that, that this is a guy that came from Atlanta where last year they had one of the worst pass defense, if not, I think, the worst pass defense in the NFL and, and it to me, the first thing that popped into my mind was, uh, and I know we talked about this on the show last year when the Cowboys went out and got uh, Don Terry Poe and Gerald McCoy from Carolina, where they had the worst pass uh, defense in the in the run, NFL, yeah. and then I mean sorry, run defense, and then you bring them in here and you think your run defense is going to get better. It, it's and again, that is not necessarily saying that Dan Quinn and and if they make this move with Joe Witt, that they won't be able to make this defense better. But that was the first thing that popped into my mind that yeah. you have to be cautious. And and I, I do think that, that some of the people that are having that reaction, I think it's a fair reaction to have uh, when you look at the production that they had last year that they got out of that Atlanta defense. Real quick before we tie up this conversation, I wanted to read this. Our producer Chris Beam in the break pulled up some of the stats. We had asked this question earlier about where they got the talent for that Seattle defense that became one of the best of all time. I want to run this down for you guys. Here were the guys and where they were drafted. Cliff Averill, third-round pick. Michael Bennett, undrafted free agent. 
Brandon Mebane, third round pick. Chris Clemens, undrafted free agent. Rhett Bryant, fourth round pick. Malcolm Smith, seventh round pick. Bobby Wagner, second round pick. KJ Wright, fourth round pick. Uh, Bruce Irvin, first round pick. Richard Sherman, fifth round pick. Earl Thomas, first round pick. Cam Chancellor, fifth round pick. And Byron Maxwell, sixth round pick. They only had two first round picks on that defense, one second round pick. Everyone else was third or below. A couple of the guys being undrafted free agents. That, I think, is what's the most impressive about getting Dan Quinn is you're getting a guy that built that defense out of guys that were not highly touted. They were not guys that were highly drafted. They were primarily guys they brought in that they thought fit, and they coached them up and got them ready to play. Dave, did you have something? Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, maybe I'm quibbling. Like, yes, Michael Bennett was an undrafted free agent. They also signed him in free agency after several very successful seasons in Tampa Bay. I mean, they did not develop him from nothing into something. He was already a known commodity when they signed him. I, I mean, it, it's really impressive. I've written stories over the years I mean, Seattle laid the blueprint for what everybody has tried to do over the last decade, which is hit on the draft and find a quarterback on a rookie contract who can help you pay all those guys before he needs his own payday. I guess, and, and, and people deserve credit for that. Like I said, like I'm not trying to take anybody's credit away, but with each passing year, it just goes to show how hard that is to achieve. I mean, Seattle just extended their GM, John Schneider, who was the architect of those drafts. Yeah. Seahawks fans will probably tell you they really haven't been that great in the draft since then. I mean, you know, they, they found DK Metcalf. They found a few other really good players, but they have not hit with near the consistency that they did when they had the drafts that put that team together. So... Like I said, people deserve credit for it, but it's just not realistic to think you're going to do that because it happens very, very rarely. And no doubt. That's my only point. I guess the way I look at it is I'm not asking you to build the 2013 Seattle Seahawks. I'm asking you to take a few players that the Cowboys got in third, fourth, fifth rounds and turn them into players. If you can do that, and as we've all said on this show, if you can get this defense to play middle-of-the-road football and you got your pieces on offense, I think this team can be successful. I'm not asking you to be the best defense of all time. I'm asking you to have a good defense, a relatively good defense. Well, that was 2013. Zoom yes. was created in 2011. So, I mean, <laughs> they, they didn't even have virtual stuff going good on point, right Nick. now. So they, hopefully that they won't have to figure that out. Oh, and since you're about to wrap up the show, I'll just take uh, the Chiefs. Yeah, well, what I was going to do oh. is – I'm going to go through each one of you guys, and I want you all to pick all four games real quick before we end the show. Nick, you got Chiefs, Ravens, Packers, Saints. Wait. Chiefs, Ravens, Packers, Saints. All right. And that's before winners? All right. Yep. Aren't they all playing? Okay. Okay. Dave, go. Um, I really, like, I don't. All I'm going to say is I want to see the Chiefs play the Bills and I want to see the Packers play the Saints. Like, I want those two matchups. I think those are probably the four most complete teams in the NFL. Uh, You know, obviously that doesn't mean everything because we, you know, the Rams already screwed that up because I wanted to see the Seahawks in the next round against Green Bay as well. Um, So there's no guarantee that that's going to happen, or I guess they probably would have played the Saints. Whatever. The point being. I don't know what's going to happen. I certainly think that Rams defense is capable of stopping the Packers, but I want to see Rodgers, Breeze, and the Bills versus Mahomes. I think those are the best possible matchups, so that's what I'm hoping happens. All right. Amber. I um, We didn't really do a good job last week, but <laughs> this is a new week. We yeah, we're 3-3. Three uh, three. 
No, y'all were three and three. Oh, you took Tom Brady? Yeah. Oh, Derek okay. was four and two. You were y'all trying were to take two. Washington. <laughs> <laughs> I did try. I, y'all talked me out you of it. You also told us Alex Smith is going to play, Derek. Well, yeah, I did. I was hoping. <laughs> I don't think he would have played as well as that kid did. <laughs> also, hey, my apologies to the Cleveland Browns. You deserve it. I called y'all frauds. I still think you're frauds, but you deserve. <laughs> you sound you like the Steelers, Dave. You really your do. Your credit. You sound like Juju and, Browns, and, hey, and Claypool. The Browns think, is the Browns. You're right. <laughs> you think the you think the Browns are going to beat the Chiefs? No, no, mm. I don't think no. so. But I will say this. If they were playing any of those other teams, well, maybe not the Bills. I, I think they will give them a game. And I, I would not be shocked if we come in here next week and they actually won. That wouldn't I'm shock sure. me but because they are playing really well right now. And they've got the right pieces. They definitely mm-hmm. do. Well, I don't think this is going to happen, but I'm picking all the home teams. Looking at all the matchups, every team that I would choose to win, it's playing at home. So Green Bay, Buffalo, the uh, Chiefs. And then New Orleans. All right. And I'm going to go with all the same picks uh, that you guys have, Bills, Chiefs, Saints, except for Rams. I think the Rams are going to upset the Green Bay Packers this weekend in Green Bay. I think that's that, that Rams team. I, I like it. that defense, and I think they match up well I with, with what, the, uh, what, what Green Bay does. If you can shut down Devontae Adams or at least manage him, which they got Jalen Ramsey, then you got a shot against Green Bay, and I think that's what they can do. So yeah. we'll see how this, this goes. It'll be some fun football this weekend. I hope Nick's a little more excited this weekend than he was last weekend. I watched weekend every watch. game. There we go. That's what I I'm watched every about. game. Not every play, but I watched every there game. There we go. That's I got Twitter about. fights about You know what? I will never understand what anyone does with a two-point conversion. I don't care. I don't get it anymore. I don't understand it. Whatever it is, people have their own theories. Cool. I don't, it, it shocks me what, what people do with two-point conversions, but whatever. It is what it is. Yep. All right. Appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back next Wednesday. We'll get into some more topics concerning the Cowboys. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I am Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break Live on DallasCowboys.com Radio. Go Cougars. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!